Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. My brothers, what's going on? New episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you guys doing today? Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, we have, we have a new brother here today, man. We have a little, we have a special guest here today. Uh, one of our brothers from uh, Antarctica. <laughs> um, go ahead, tell them your name, brother. My name is Aiden. And uh, like, you're here because of why? Like, are you, are you some, you're not Muslim, right? Are you curious? Yeah. You're curious about Islam. You know, this is, this is a brother who, who's hung around us, you know, and he's seen how we are as Muslim brothers. And I guess he got curious, you know, he wants to learn more, he wants to talk, and he's here today, and we're going to have a good discussion. Mm-hmm. So tell us what we're talking about today, brothers. The one thing that's guaranteed in life, death. 100% guarantee, death. What does the Quran say about death? I mean, the Quran says a lot of things about death. Yes, but what, mean, did we, what did we bring here today that was going to be our theme? I mean, so we're going to be talking about what happens after death, how we spend our entire lives preparing for death, and even for those who don't believe in life after death. You know, they think we just come here to live and we die and that's it. You know, in Surah Maryam, right, in uh, chapter 19, verse 66, it says, mankind questions, shall I be raised again after death? And the next verse tells them, it says, does mankind now remember that we created them before when they were nothing? Yeah, bro. It was like, like, is it not a miracle that you're, you're here today? Like, how did you even get here? Think about it. Like, there was a time on earth where you were nowhere to be found. Exactly. You weren't a thing. Like, there was your experiences, everything that is, makes you you, it was never there. There was a one time on earth where you were non-existent. I mean, look, they asked for proof of God's existence. I mean, is the, the fact that you're existing right now, the fact that we're talking to you guys right now, the fact that you guys are listening to us right now is proof of God's existence. But of course, that's not enough for you. And who knows what will be enough for you? Only Allah knows best. Find out after death. All right, we'll look, find out look, after death. What do, you, what do you know about death? What do you mean by that? Like, are you talking about, like, do I believe that after death, like, what do I think is going to happen? Yeah, like, what do you, do you think that when you die, you're just, like, you're just dead? Like, it's just a, a black space of nothing, like no. a black hole? No. Okay, what do you, th- what do you believe? I've, I don't, I have, like, multiple different, I've, I've always had multiple different thoughts about, like, what, what, what happens after you die? Like, I've never really thought, though, that it was just nothing. I've always felt like there is, it's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't, I don't know if it makes sense to everybody else, but to me, I've, it makes sense. Like, so say you die, you die and you, you come back, but it's not you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to describe it. Reincarnation. Reincarnation. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like, like, it's like, you don't remember anything about your, like the life that we live now. Okay. But you're still gonna, you come back. It's just a whole different, you're in a different body, you have a different mindset. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but that's just how I've always thought about it. I, I mean, mean, okay, look, see, when if you want to talk about reincarnation, how do you separate the amount of souls that are created then? Because if everybody's just getting put back into the same yeah. body, then how many souls are there, are there actually? Like, that could mean there's only like a set amount of souls, but the yeah. fact that there was only, there, at, at one time there was 100 people, and now there's seven billion living out at, on the earth at the same time. Then how do you like? Yeah, how yeah. Do you I never, that? I never like actually looked into it. It was just some thoughts I've had. I just sat there and it was just a thought. Well, I mean, even in Islam, we believe that we're we were in a place of souls before we were put into the womb of our mother. We believe we were something. We were. We believe we were something else. Well, in Islam, it tells us that every soul wanted to come to this to this earth, yeah. knowing that they could struggle, but knowing that. 
if they could reach Jannah, that's what they wanted. Of but course. every like a lot a lot of us today, they we don't understand that every soul tastes death. A lot of us we live like we can't die. We do things like there's no there's no tomorrow. As if um you like if you die then you know that's it, you're good. If you if you Christian and you believe that you're saved by Jesus, then that's all you believe. You say once you die, you feel like you go to heaven. That's yeah. it. Other people who don't believe uh, in in like have a belief system, they're sitting there thinking there's nothing after death. They think that once you die, you're just in like an yeah, common and that's piece, like a really piece of state. that's like a really depressing ideology to live to die. Like a person who lives to die, they're not really living. Like what if you prepared to leave leave behind? If everyone adopted that ideology, no one would get anything accomplished. Oh, I'm just gonna die anyway. Why do I have to do it? Exactly. If everyone adopted that mindset, nothing would get accomplished in this world. Bro, not even just that. Imagine the worst of people. They, you feel like they're going to have no accountability for the things that they did. Like, look, yeah. imagine the amount of people who got away with murder, stealing, killing, raping, whatever it may be. And they just die and that's it. They escaped it. They escaped jail. They escaped punishment here. And you really think, you know, nobody's going to hold them accountable. You really think justice is not going to yeah, be served I to those people? I truly people are be, will be look, held accountable. Speaking of accountability, all right, you want to talk about people who are trash, right? All right, this is a question for all of you. I want to talk to Aiden, though. So we, we had a discussion privately saying, would we invite Jeffrey Dahmer to Islam? Do you think the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer believes he got saved, right, because he, he took his baptism, yeah. do you think that would be fair if he was actually saved? No. Why not? I personally don't feel like it would be safe if he, like, if, if he was saved, I don't think it would be, like, okay at all. Like, I don't think it so because just because of what you did and you... Just so say, so say he, that happened, right? And he just gets saved. I really don't think like that should be okay. Because how would, how do you get saved for that? Like why, why should, why would you, why should y'all be able to like, take him in and all this other stuff if just so he can escape it. So he feels like he can just move on from it. I don't know. Like from, for me, from the outside looking in, it's like, you know, he he did every he did all the crimes, but he said, "I have an alibi, so like I get I get I have a way out, and there's there's a way for me to avoid all this all this punishment, all this like, all this um, like afterlife punishment and going to hell or whatever." Because I I believe in one thing. Now, seeing Islam, it there like I wouldn't say it's just like that because if he were to accept, accept Islam, it doesn't say that he's not going to get punished for what he did. But it does mean that eventually he will. Be Maybe. saved from the hellfire. After now, see, justice. none of us, none of us are the ones who are who are the deciders. Yeah, that's why I feel like we separate ourselves. Is because a lot of people think they've ju- they've decided by themselves that they'll they'll be able to go to heaven or they'll be able to go to hell just because they they claim one belief or whatever. But seeing Islam, it's much more complex than that. Yeah, like death, death is simple because everybody tastes death. Every soul's gonna taste death. And the sooner you make peace with that, the sooner like the easier your life will be. But a lot of a lot of us we live too much inside this world. Like we live too much for, for the money, for the cars, for per, uh, providing for our family, like uh, having ourselves a family or whatever, even though all of this is temporary. The delusions of this world. Yeah. We're deluded by what the world has to offer. Even though this world is not, it's not a paradise. It's supposed to be struggle for us. There's a, you're supposed to go through hardship. You're supposed to be tested because Allah wants to test your faith. Yeah, it's really depressing and to at think the end that, of that you know, it's really depressing to think that this is all like for someone who only believes that there's nothing that there's nothing that comes after death. It's really depressing to think that this is all that we have. Like this is it. I mean, like, death is the end. Like of the all. earth, it's beautiful. This is a, it's a cool place, but like this is it. Like you get a woman, 
family. You grow old. But you look, grow incompetent. You can't do anything. Bro, not even everyone gets to. Not even everyone gets to live to that. Yeah, exactly. Look, even even if that's what you believed. What is hurting you from believing there's something after? There's a reward after. There's yeah. nothing hurting you. Because if it's not there and you just die, then you're fine. Okay, shoot, you got what you wanted originally. <laughs> but if there is something after and you did good in this life, you believed you were and you were a Muslim and you go to, uh, you get paradise and you have the greatest reward, then what, how did that hurt you? How did you just believing in that and, like, and acting on those beliefs, how does that hurt you? That doesn't hurt you at all. And the hardships that you went through here, it's not even like they're going to affect you in there. And like when you get the paradise, you got what you wanted. There's nothing else that you want more than that. You know, Allah over delivers whenever he rewards people. Mm-hmm. OK, look, have you all <laughs> have you all made peace with death? Of course. Alhamdulillah. Of course. Yeah, alhamdulillah. When, I mean, when, okay, bro, look, how could you not make peace with death? Look, okay, wait, it's wait. foolish. Yeah, it, it's foolish to say, "Oh, I'm not made peace with death," or "I'm afraid of death." Like it's gonna happen. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen. One hundred percent. Is there any human that hasn't died? Like from all the way back then. But listen, listen. That's not what I'm talking about. People, uh-huh. people will say, "Yeah, everybody takes death," but they don't want to die. You know, people. If if someone were to come rob us in our house right now. You know how many people, if they were in that position, would be like, "No, no, 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 I don't want to die. Take whatever you want." But then, how many people would just sit there and be like, "All right, shoot me, bro." Go ahead. Do what you got to do. You know, I've lived my life. It's fine. If this is, if this is where Allah wrote me for, for me to die, then I will die. How many people would say that? No, but I, I can't think of at least 1% of the population that would be able to say that. Mm. But I, mean, I know it, many it, people. Bro, I've been talking to people and I, and I start talking about death because you guys know how I feel about death. You guys know I know how I want to die. Yeah, like I understand what but you're I'm, saying, but it's important to also think that. It's all, and to person also know that your life is... Is valuable exactly like you dude, have if to someone, value your life if someone comes in here trying to rob me dude i'm gonna defend i'm going to defend I'm gonna myself. myself i mean i'm gonna try to preserve my life but at the same time if allah wrote that i'm gonna die right then and there there's nothing that i can nothing do about it do. but the, the point is that i tried my best yeah. and that's what allah wants you have to you have to understand and a lot of people like if you're getting robbed at gunpoint how are you supposed to preserve your life at that point you you do something beat him up yeah you gotta <laughs> you, dis, you gotta dis, disarm him you know disarm man who has a gun in your face Take it away from Dude, do something, bro. This is not a movie. You, it doesn't work like that. This is the real world, boy. Until you're in that situation, you can't speak on it. I'm just telling you, true. if you're in a situation where it's it's life or death, and you want to say, like, take whatever you want because I don't want to die, when you use that that excuse, that the saying, I don't want to die, or, like, you you try to evade death any way you can, like, death is going to come no matter what. There's, wait, a, there's a point yeah, where yeah. if you're in a situation, you say, if I'm supposed to die right now, I'm going to die. But if I'm not, then I'm not. He, wait, 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 last wait, wait. Episode, he said, like, if Allah willed it, then it, that's it. If he didn't de- decree it, then it's not it. Hold on. Allow me to interrupt you. It's like, like you just said, if someone would come and rob you at gunpoint, the person, said person would, oh, no, 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 no. Don't take everything you want. I don't want to die. It's almost like they're afraid of what comes next. Think about it. <laughs> it's almost like, it's like <laughs> anything but death, but like, it's almost, even though they know it's gonna happen, like anything but death, though, it's almost like they're afraid of what comes after it. Pan, I just right, thought about that. That's crazy. Aiden, have you been in a near death experience? Um, <laughs> does the three twenty count? I mean, not really. It wasn't that bad. Okay, were you ever in a situation where your heart, like, it skipped some beats because you thought, like, this could be it? Sometimes, yeah. All right, it's so been, what goes through your head in a moment like that? It was, it's, it, in, the, in, in that exact moment, I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking, my heart's just going, I'm just like, is this really how it ends, like, right here? Yeah. 
But yeah, so that's honestly, it's just my heart's just beating. I'm just sitting there and I'm just thinking of all different outcomes of like of how this can get better or like how I can get through it or if, if it's just meant to be right there. It was only one time that ever happened. I was just like, well, that's wow. interesting because I know we've been in a couple ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> being uh, being from from Sudan and especially being there during times of like they have they got these mafia wars like these people taking over the government taking over the country the everybody being at war you know there's there's been a couple of times where we've been in a situation where we were like oh snap bro this is it's, it's a little surreal um I actually I actually have one I remember I remember I was there and I heard I just started hearing bombs go off near us like really close to us. And the first thing I did, I looked at, I looked at my brother, and I was like, I was like, what the heck, bro? I thought I was in a in a cartoon. I was like, there's no way, there's no way, this bomb's going off right now, and like people are dying right now. Like it was, I my head was just like it was in a different like dimension. I was like, okay, hold on, like this is real. I could die, but I didn't, I didn't say like, oh, it, I it sucked to die or whatever. I was just thinking, I was low key laughing because I didn't know, I I didn't know what, what else to do. I didn't know yeah. what else to think. There was, I wasn't scared, like I wasn't sad, I wasn't mad. I was just like, I was just trying to comprehend the situation, but it wasn't comprehending. Cause like, it was like the bomb noise just kept replaying over and over in my head. And it was like so tough to believe that what I saw on the news was real. And that mm. people were like losing their lives at such a rapid rate. Yeah, bro, I remember in Sudan, bro, those times of hardship, when we were protesting, bro, everyone's chanting, we're screaming, we're having the time of your life. And then you hear the gunshots and it's like, it's, like, it's just like, bro, like it hit me, I'm like, we can die. He's <laughs> like, well, lie, bro. I'm thinking this dude's about to send me to Allah and I'm about to get clapped. And this is like, like it sends you like, and you like, you try to comprehend the situation. Like that's most, that's most of the thoughts that like, when I've ever, whenever I've had like a near death experience, I just try to comprehend the situation. That's, that's all my thoughts are, want, like my thoughts are wandering around that. Trying to comprehend. Bro, remember when I was there with you in not not even just the gunshots or whatever, but at the same time, remember I got so sick, I got food poisoning, right? And it was terrible. Like I I had no medical help because clinics were closed. I had there was no Wi-Fi. I couldn't you know call my mom, call my dad, or you know to just tell them what was going on. And I like I was really was no sick. Like, I was I was just stuck the there to the bed, and there was there was nothing I could do. And I literally thought I was like I was like, dude, I can literally die right here. You know, I'm not getting any medical help. I'm not getting help from anyone else. You know. If I die right here, I die. I died in Sudan because things that were going on, everything was shut down. There was really nothing that I could do. So sitting there and I was able to make dua, alhamdulillah, I got better. You know, it, that was also crazy. Because yeah, it's hard. not even just the gunshot part. You know, your health is at stake. Your your wealth is at stake too. You know, you can lose all that in a second. Look, you are, right, so hold on. One of the craziest things about me making peace with death, like me disconnecting myself from the desires of what this world has to offer, from everything that like, you know, could be good in this world, was the fact that I stopped fearing death for myself. I'm always, anytime I'm put in a situation and someone says, oh, you can die, or, or don't talk about death, or oh, don't joke about that. I'm like, bro, you, you may be fearful of death or whatever, but I'm not. I, like, if I die, I die. Everything I do, if I die, I die. Obviously, I don't want to die like a coward. <laughs> I, I, always say, I always say, bro, if I, if I were to die this way, oh, nah, that sucks. Oh, shoot. Like, because I want to go out in a way that's, like, that's honorable. I want to go out in a way that like a Muslim should go. Like the mm. way that Allah has written for the best of people to go. You know what mm. I'm saying? So, but then the thing with that is you get fearful of death for your others, for your loved ones, for people you love. Like you get fearful for them because you don't want to lose them while you're here. 
I, I, nobody wants to lose a loved one. You don't want to, but especially now because you don't want to lose them while you're here. Because if you go, shoot, all your problems are over with. You know, you're good. Obviously, your loved ones, they, they may be hurting, but you're not going to, you can't worry about that. You're not on this, on this earth no more. Your soul is no, no longer here. Your soul's been taken. But if you're here and you lose a loved one now, see, that hurts you. That burden hurts you. That's a test from Allah. That's a trial from Allah. So that's, that's one thing, you know, people may, may get fearful about. But like, it's, like, also, it's also kind of like foolish. You spend your whole life running away from something that's eventually going to catch you. Well, Allah, says, Allah says, if you, if you guys are the truth tellers, then return your soul back to your body after death. Yeah. Why, can't, why is nobody came back from the dead? Not everybody want to talk about being able, uh, being able to survive or being able to have this longevity in life, living longer or whatever. But why, why has nobody returned their soul back to their body? Yeah, you truly have no control over when you're gonna die. You can't. Yeah. You can't give me a date. <clears throat> Nobody knows. Nobody. It is. It's just gonna happen when I it mean, happens. Random time. Like you also gotta remember, like especially like in situations like where people have near life or death experience, they when if they survive, they're like, yeah, I survived, or they saved my life. But they they never they never want to thank Allah. They're forgetful of Allah in 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 those. A lot of times, times when people go through near death experiences. It turns them to God. They always think yeah, about that. Yeah, that too at the same time. But then there's also those other people that they just take God completely out of it. Yeah, I survived. I saved myself. Yeah. He saved my life. She saved my life. It's it really all foolish. because of them. Because you really have no control over when you're going to die. Speaking of that, so I know you play football, right, Aiden? Okay. Have you ever gone into a game, like before a pregame or whatever, and you're saying, oh, I'm playing this game for so-and-so? Well... Yeah, like my freshman year, I was uh, my I think it was you think yeah freshman year I first started playing football, and I got it was like towards the end of the season, and it was like the end of freshman season, and I got pulled up to play like some varsity. I didn't really play because I'm still a freshman, but yeah, uh, I had came home from practice. And I had, my mom was like, oh, we have to go back up north. Like we had to, so I had to drive back to Connecticut, see my, cause my great aunt wasn't doing well. Yeah. The short version, she ended up dying when we got back. Like she was, she was like kind of okay when we were up there, but we all had to come back. My mom had work and everything. So we was only up there for like a week, maybe. I had to come back down, found out she died. And at that moment, it was just like, wow. Like everything just hit me at once. But I was like, okay, well, we, we, I feel like I only some, I didn't really tell a lot of people, only like some of my close friends on the team. And they're like, okay. And then somebody ended up telling the coach because the coach was wondering why I was missing practice, why I missed so much practice and stuff. And my, and then everyone was like, okay. And then we ended up winning that game that week. But, but yeah, we all did. They was like, okay, we're going to play for her. And then we ended up winning. Okay, so you were telling me something before we started this episode about situations like that, where you say you're doing something or you're living for someone or you're like you do stuff for other people and like or like for the sake of other people. Yeah. So what were you saying? I mean, doing things for the sake of other people. I mean, it's 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 always going to be, you know, temporary or it's going to disappoint you in a way mm -hmm. like when uh, when you do things for other people, like your whole entire life, like your life is going to be depressing. You're, you're not going to get what you expect. Like, let's say you do something nice for someone and you expect something in return. They don't give it to you or they backstab you. How are you going to feel then versus when you do something for the sake of Allah? You expect nothing in return from that person. And on top of that, you're happy with what you did for them because, you know, you did it for the sake of Allah and Allah is pleased with you. See, the thing is, I've, I've been in the similar similar situation where, like, if I had a loved one die or I had something happen to a family member or a close friend and then I go into a football game 
because you know football at the time was all I liked. So I would say, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm having, I have them in mind, or I'm doing this for them. The thing with that is, it's like it takes the enjoyment out of stuff because it's like if you don't succeed, now you feel like you're a failure. Yeah. And at the same time, it like it took the enjoyment out of football. Like it just stopped being fun because I was like, okay, why am, am I doing this for them? They're not even here. Like they're not watching me. They can't. They can't see how I did. They can't know how I did. Nothing like that. So I was like, oh man, it sucks. Like doing stuff for other people, and I never realized how much like doing stuff for the sake of Allah, like doing stuff for the sake of my Lord, benefited me. When I say I'm doing everything for the, for the sake of God, and I'm, when I say everything, I mean everything. When I say I wake up and I say it's for the sake of Allah, and I say, when I say I, if I'm going to do well on a test, it's for the sake of Allah. I do every single little thing I do is for the sake of Allah. Everything good. It's literally in um, the tashahud that we do when we pray. It's tahiyatullah. All, um, all greetings of humility is to Allah and, and your prayer and goodness. All the goodness that we do is for Allah. We do it in humility and we pray to Allah. When you do everything for the sake of Allah, there, it can only benefit you. Because even if, even if it's something that falls, befalls you like a hardship, that's, that comes from Allah. That's a, that's a trial from Allah. That's going to help you. But see, when, we, like, when we're looking at doing stuff for the sake of other people or you say I'm going to do some, something for someone else, it's going to only avail you for a short amount of time. And the, the thing is, right, I hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, I live or I do this for my family or I do it for my friends or I do it for the cars or I do it for the, the, the house or whatever the case may be. Other than Allah, they do it for all these other things. If that was the case, why are we not living on this earth forever? If we are living for our families or if we're living for the money, if we're living for these types of things, why aren't we there with the money forever or with our families forever if this was what we are truly on this earth for? Like we got a mission. Like we, we, you know you have a mission because there's a start to the mission, there's an end to the mission. There's birth and there's death. And then the other- And, and hold on, look, at the start of the mission, you have value, you have, you have ultimate potential. When you look at a baby, you see potential. They have eyes, they have ears. These are things that are valuable. If I told you to sell your ears, you would give me 10 billion. There's a, you wouldn't even give me a number because they're, they're too much value. And then at the end of your mission, you've either decreased in value or you've increased in value. And that's, the, that's just the reality, reality of it. You, pay, you could really, it's like, the way I think of it is kind of like, you have a path. It's not really like, I don't know how to word it. Like some people say you pave your own path. Some people say that there's a path that is for you and you just got to find the right path that's meant for you to succeed in life and to go where you have to go in life until you, till it's that time to reach the end of your journey here. Yeah, the Dean tour, of course, you know, it's the, right, <laughs> the right way that you want to take. But look, you ever like, like me, I, I hear a lot of people say this. It's like, they, they say, so-and-so, they went before their time, or they were too young to die. Things like this, or death came to them before their time. Like, what is this supposed to mean? Like, de does, death have a, does death have a certain age? Does death have a time? Or does death have a limit to anybody? It's like, actually crazy. We said that once before, remember? Right. Like, a long time yeah. ago. This is before we were thinking like this. This is before we were knowledgeable like this. We, we, like, we had a friend who lost their life at a very young age, and we were like, There's, that's so crazy. They died so young. Like, we never said they went before their time, but we were, like, it was just... Like, it was unfathomable how young, like, some people could go, especially when you know them or you're close mm -hmm. to them. But then when, when you, like, when you realize that the, the plan of Allah is greater than any plan that there is, you know, in whom you Indeed, mankind will plan, but Allah is planning, and Allah is the best of planners. 
<laughs> whatever you plan, Allah has a plan. It doesn't matter. Your plan, like you, if your plan is not going according to Allah's plan, it's insignificant. There's nothing to it. There's nothing for it. It's not going to avail you in any way. Only the only thing that can avail you is uh, through the through the path of Allah. And me realizing that, you know, me coming to peace with the fact that I could die at any moment. Me coming to peace with the fact that, like, I could die on sin. You know, that's changed the way I think about every single day. Bro, when I get in the car, you know, I, I say I say a dua, I say a supplication to Allah to, you know, protect me while I'm driving. Just because I know I, this, I don't want to die this way. Mm-hmm. And even even if I don't have to say, I'm still going to say it just because I need that protection. You always need that protection from Allah. Don't think that you're, you, you could be too big to say a dua at any time. And the fact that, you know, any single time uh, before I go to sleep, I, t- I say that if Allah wants to take my soul while I'm asleep, then forgive it. Mm-hmm. Because you have to, these the small details, these small little things that you can do that can, you know, help you reach paradise. Or in Allah's yeah. mercy. Yeah. yeah. You live every day like it's your last. You pray every prayer like it's your last. And then you wake up the next day, you thank God for giving you another day to pray. And then you pray every prayer like it's your last. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. When I'm praying sometimes, I might have a thought like, okay, so so let's say, you know, so let's say I'm praying and I feel like I wasn't, I'm not as focused as I should be. I'll start thinking, dude, this could be your last prayer, but you got to say, you got to tighten up. And then right at that moment, I'll tighten up and I'll start praying. Like, it's literally my last prayer. Like, there's nothing else that I could do better than this right now. Imagine you're praying and you just imagine, like, Allah's in front of you. Angel of death is behind you. The hellfire is to your left and paradise is to your right. And what, where did you go closer to? Did you go closer to Allah in paradise or did you go closer to the hellfire in, in your prayer? And this, is, this right here, you know, helps, helps me concentrate in the prayer, too. You know, just knowing and, and on top of that, Allah deserves, you know, my full concentration. Like when when like let's say someone older than me or somebody that I respect is speaking to me, I'm gonna look at them with full attention and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna look at them in the eyes and things like this. So how how are we supposed to look in front of Allah? You know, the one that created us, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that we're supposed to pray to and have full submission to. Like like he gave you eyes, he gave you ears, he gave you you gave you your mouth, your nose, he gave you everything, he gave you your arms, your legs. These are these are all things that are invaluable. Think about that. He gave you he gave you the materials. He gave you everything that you needed to to, to succeed in this world, to complete to complete your mission, and then die. And what do you see? People's biggest problem is they take everything for granted. granted. You know why? Uh-huh. Because everything is accessible to them right then and there. You know, like, let's say their parents, for example. People grow up with their parents their whole life. They abuse their parents. They don't listen to their parents. But when, when their parents go, now all of a sudden things are even more harder for them. Because their parents were always accessible or whatever it may be. You know, their, their house, their cars, their money. Once these things are gone, what will they do then? Who will they turn to then? It's that lack of consciousness. That's what I was just about to bring up for, for Aiden. Because, like, you know... He may be non-Muslim. He may have like he may take beliefs from from area, certain areas, but it's like this conversation here is for like the fact that we we're bringing to you that we have this type of consciousness, this type of like like we have a vision, we have tunnel vision when it comes to something like this. There's always there's always something bigger at hand when we think about something like this. Like like death 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 is the smallest part of it, but it's like what comes after death and what leads up to death. What are you doing when at, at the time that you die? That is like that that we're fearful of. Like, did you die on sin? Because if you die on sin, that t- tells you how you live. Even if you're the most righteous person to ever live, but you know, we uh, what Osmo was just saying is like a lot of people like this consciousness because they have stuff that's accessible to them. They 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 never think truly think about death, and they don't they think about way too much of wow, what they have here, what they have to lose right here. 
You know, people think about, oh, if they lose a job, then their life is over. If they lose some money, their life is over. If they can't afford this, their life is over. You know what death is? Death is the end to all pleasures. Destroyer of this world. Destroyer of desires. That's what we always used to call it. And how many of us are controlled by our desires? How many of us? Like, what do you go through on a daily basis that you, like, that you desire, but you, like, you feel like you can't go without it? Even if it's good for you or bad for you, if it's it, if you do it and it's not something Dang. that's obligatory, then it's a desire. If you lived your life letting your desire control you, then death destroyed you the moment it touched you. And every soul tastes death. But if you lived your life and you can you were able to control your desires, then your death only controlled uh, destroyed your desires. It didn't destroy you. Jenna is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. But when you when you get destroyed along with your desires, a lot Look, of listen, I know you guys hear me say this in almost every episode, and I will continue to say it until the, the until I die. Have you not seen the the per, the people that are disciplined the most as the most free? You know, the ones who are not giving in to their desires all the time, these people are the most free. And you you guys might think the opposite, you know. Giving into my desires all the time makes me more free all of a sudden. Oh, they look at you, they look at you as a Muslim. Oh, yeah, you know, you live your life so worried about death and meeting with God. You don't even know if he exists, yada, yada, yada. You know, just live your life a little bit and, you know, just have fun. You I know, am they, they, let, they let their desires control them. Yeah, exactly. You're living Dang. to die. They talk about some, this is, this is my freedom, but no, the desires are controlling you. And you are not conscious of it. Like, bro, you're living to die. I'm living in preparation for my death for what comes after. Who is living a better life? Who is accomplishing more things? I'm accomplishing more things. I control myself. You don't control yourself. You let your desires control you. Look, for, for those people who, <laughs> who don't believe in the life after death, what I tell you right now is that, like, I'm not going to say, I don't mean to be harsh or nothing, but if you, if you believe that because you're someone who says, oh, if I haven't seen it, I don't believe it, then... What is your true purpose of living? What is your true purpose of life if you don't believe there's nothing coming? Because you know you can't escape it. You know you can't survive. You know you can't freeze your body like a cartoon and uh, try to get revived a thousand years later. What is like, that's not going to work. What so is, what do you do? Okay, but I mean, he, we'll use the Quran here. You know, if, if they don't believe in life after death, you know, do they not remember that they were created before and they were nothing? You know, the, how, how did they get here? They explain this, you know, your soul, your personality, you know, the things that you have. Explain this. <laughs> and also, and on top of that, at the time of your death, like how you said in the verse in Surah Al-Waqiyah, I forgot which verse number it was, but return the soul back into your body at the time of your death if, you know, if, you're if, you, have, if, you, have some over, if you have some power over your death. You know, th- things like this are just things to think about. Or, you know, if you're, if you're really that truthful, live forever. These types of things. Yeah, the grave, the graveyard is full of people who thought they would live forever. Graveyard is full of people who thought they had more time. The graveyard is full of people. The phrase "buy me more time" doesn't work. Look, look, immortality is the killer of your morality. You want to know why? You can see it in movies. Because if you want to live forever, you would sacrifice. Like, if you could live forever, you would sacrifice literally everything to do so. Because people, they don't want to die. They don't want, they don't want to have to taste death. They don't want to have to like, figure out what's next. Even if they don't believe nothing's next, they don't want to take the chance. So if they could live here because they have some security <laughs> here. You know, they have a life here. They have a home. They have a family. They have things. They have contingencies for like if they were to be able to stay here for the, for the rest of their lives. If they could stay here forever, they would. They'd give up whatever they could. They would sell their soul. They would sell their families. They would sell whatever they could. A good example of that is, you know, back when I used to watch Naruto, you know, there's this character, Orochimaru, you know, he really tried to be immoral and he, he would cause chaos 
everywhere. You know, he destroyed a whole village. He just he killed his own teacher. He killed his 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 classmates. He killed you know all these people just for you know he froze bodies. He did all that it took just to be immortal. And that's a perfect example of what you just said. You know, these movies, these TV shows will show you that when people try to live forever, it destroys them completely. They'll do anything. You know, they'll do I don't whatever even it think takes. People try to live forever. It's like it's pretty foolish. Like you got to be pretty stupid to think you're gonna live forever. That's not thinking about it, but if they could, they would, trust me. Now, we're, we made this episode as a reminder, right? We made mm-hmm. this episode as a reminder that death, death could touch you at any minute. And you need to start asking yourself, what do you do on a daily basis that could be questionable at the time of your death? Because if you do something that you know would be like horrific for you, if you were to die in that state, then you need to stop doing it. You need to cease to do that. You need to get out of that habit. If you're someone who... Um, who engages in zina or who, who watches pornography or who uh, drinks or who smokes. And you know, you know that's against Islam, especially for us who are Muslim. And you do that and you were, die, were to die in that state. How do you think you would feel being resurrected on the day of judgment? How do you think you would feel when you were questioned in the grave? Dying on sin, that tells you how you live. That tells you, that tells you what's in your heart. You know, nobody, will say, nobody can say anything, but that, that's, it's, there's questions there that are arised. Even for someone who's like, oh, no, that person, they were such a good person. But no, they died doing this. And it's a reminder for you to, like, start looking at what you do on a daily basis and start thinking, like, if you fear death, then you need to stop fearing death because you can't escape it. You need to make peace with it. You need to stop living for what's in this world and start living for what's, what's to come, the reward that you can find afterward. And if you don't believe that there's a reward, then start believing yeah, there's a reward. And honestly, it's endless motivation I do things because I know I'm gonna die. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have a chance. I might not have a chance tomorrow. I have to do this, bro. Like you said, what? Imagine the depressing. The, how depressing that ideology is. Imagine the people that live here. They live terrible lives, or people that are in jail forever. You really want to tell them that there is no hope. There is no hope for them. You know, once they live, they wasted their whole entire life here, and at the same time, there is no life for them in the in the afterlife. And they, they couldn't control that. Like, let's say they went to jail very young. They were manipulated by society, and now on top of that, there's nothing to come for them after that. They got one shot at this life, and there's nothing for them. There's nothing that they can do about it. Mm. All right, look. Oh. Like, just imagine those people that are locked up in prison right now, but yet there are Muslims and they'll die as believers. And then once once they're resurrected, they're gonna have endless paradise and their their whole time in that jail cell or whatever it may be on this earth, they won't even remember it. Like, it's going to be destroyed. All right, look, Aiden. How do you, what is your thought process on a daily basis knowing that you could die at any minute? You just, honestly, it's just like, it's inevitable. I don't know if I used the word in the right way. I'm going to be honest. But (laughs) it's like trying to escape it. Like, people who try to escape death it's just no point because like you guys said, it's going to happen regardless. At, at the end of the day, at the end of whenever, eventually you are going to die. There's people that live to what, 100, over 100. And e- even then, they don't. Eventually, they realize there's no point. Like, think about it. Think about this. You live to like 100, 100 like over 100. Like, we'll say 105, right? Say you're 105 years old. You can barely do anything for yourself. You're not gonna want to just sit there, sit there in the same way you are the rest and for eternity. For yeah, for an attorney being able to sitting in that bed, not being able to move for yourself, not being able to do anything for yourself. You're you're eventually gonna want just for it to be over and to be, for your life to move on. Oh, so finally, he just gave me like an epitome <laughs> or epiphany. <laughs> I'm tripping. 
Bro, that was like a euphoria moment. Because he said, <laughs> he said, you don't want to be living where you can't do anything for yourself. And what do we believe in the life after death? If you're rewarded, you're, you're going to be at the height of your youth. You're going to be in the most peak physical condition. You're going to be like in the best state of a human that could possibly be. The most perfect form of a human being in, in the life after death. But you see, if you're, if you're out here trying to trace immortality, like avoiding death or whatever, then what happens then? When you get too old, you can't do anything for yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he creates a baby that can't move for himself or do anything for himself. And then by the time you're too old, you can't do anything for yourself. You can't move for yourself. He takes a baby, makes it old, and brings it back to the state of a baby. You're basically a baby by the time you're, you're in old age. You can't. You can't do anything for yourself. You can't eat yourself. You, you might be able to. It's not going to be very easy. You're not going to be able to use the bathroom by yourself. You're going to need somebody there to help you the whole time as if you were a kid, yeah. like a baby, just like everything, you said. Everything you said is just facts. Yeah, it's like you're you're a kid. You can't do anything for yourself. You grow old. You grow strong. You grow competent. You go being able to do things, and then you go back to not being able to do anything for yourself. Right back. When to man the baby when man stores. is at his, his peak, at his strongest, he forgets who created him in the first place. He forgets where he was before. He forgets he was just a little tiny baby in a cradle. He forgets he was just, he was sperm. You came out of a ball sack. You know why? Because the thought of death. It it like when you stop thinking about it, you start thinking you, the stuff you've done is you you did it. Not not Allah brought it upon you. You start thinking, oh okay. Let's say let's say I make it to the NFL, right? And I start thinking I made it to the NFL. This was me. This was all me. Nobody else. Just me. This is not me saying, oh thank Allah. You know Allah Allah brought this upon me. Allah gave me the, these abilities to play football, or whatever. You know people stop thinking about that. They stop thinking about who created them, who who brought them here, who could take their life away, who could take everything away in an instant. Just mm -hmm. like that, you start, you stop thinking about that because you stop, you stop like remembering Allah. So you want to stop remembering Allah, Allah will humble you. You lose that humbleness, you lose that consciousness. Just, just in a way, if you really think about it, the way, the, just as fast as you can get something and get somewhere in life is just as fast as you can lose it. You could grind and work your butt off your whole life to make it, like you said, to the NFL. And then just like that one game, it could be your first game of the season. You get humbled real quick and you can't play anymore. Like, I, I saw something. There was one player. Um, he was a running back. I think it was Todd Gurley or something. He played football. He played for like a year. Like, I think it was his first year, maybe two. He set a record. Next thing you know, leg injury. Ended his whole seat. Like, he, it took him a while to get back to be able to play and he didn't even want to play anymore. Yeah, now he just insane. owns a team for like a minor league team. Like, just as fast as you can get something, it, it, just like that, you'll lose everything. We, people lose that consciousness, you know, they lose that humbleness and losing that, like, the thought that, you know, Allah gave them this, not them. Even it's really, it's really just, crazy. Just it, think, it takes you a couple hours to be born, it takes you a second think, to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Think about it. You know, you live your whole entire life, you know, working, grinding, you know, pleasing other people, you know, trying to build the biggest house, trying to have the most cars, whatever it may be, look, chasing after all these materialistic things just to end up dying. Like, and then once you die, and on top of that, you prioritize those things before your death. You prioritize those things before Allah. Now look what happens to you. Like you're grinding for that house. You don't even know if you're going to get the house. You're, Wait, like, you're you preparing me. for that house. You don't even know if you're going to get the house, but you know, you're, you're no death going to come to you. Usman, you, told, you said you had a question for us. About what? Uh, oh, yeah. What's the point of grinding, working hard, if you're just going to die one day? Because work for the hereafter. Now, see, look, he, want, he wanted a better answer than that. Obviously, the, the simple answer is like, yeah, we want to work towards what's in the hereafter because we believe like in the hereafter there's paradise. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, we can gain that, that level of reward, you know, the greatest reward. The reason why Allah created us and he asked us if, he wanted to, if we wanted to go in this world and we said yes in an instant, just like that, because we saw what, what we could get, right? 
But the reason, the reason we work so hard, now see, what type of work do you mean? Do you mean prostrating to alert? Do you mean working to work. be rich? Or working to be rich. Work? Why do people work to be rich? Working to sustain, yeah. I think people just want that level of like financial like security. They want that like that that thought that oh yeah, you money can buy happiness or the the fact that they if they have stuff like that, then they're at a they're at a they're at like a point. There you know even if it, you're not fully happy, you're at a point where you know you can't go below that. Even even though you can, but people people who are on the outside looking in, they believe that oh if I have this stuff, if I have what this person has or whatever, then you know they'll have a sense of security. Like okay, I'm I, I'm in a spot. I'm in a good spot. But there's also another side to that. Some, but it's like everyone's thought process is different, though. Because some people, like, they grow up, they don't have anything. They grow up, mom's struggling, mom's by herself, struggling to be able to get bills, struggling to be able to get you guys food, everything, right? So then they see how she is and how she lives right then and there. They're, as a kid, you start thinking like, wow, I, I need to start working. I need to make money. I need to be able to get my mom out of a situation where she doesn't have to pay no more bills. I could pay her bills. I could help my, I, I want to be able to get to the point where my mom has a house, you have, she has no car payments. And then you, and then think of once that's all settled, that's when you get yourself in the position that you need to get in. And then from there you start your family, you get, then once eventually you're going to end up dying anyways. But it's it just to the point where you, if you think about it, some people's thought process is, hey, I want to get be able to get my mom what she needs it's to get like, done, get my family straight, mm -hmm. so that when I end up dying, at least my family has money. And then it may not be a lot of money, but then at least my kids could at least see that how you, how I worked my butt off my whole life to be able to get to where I am. And then maybe they'll come up with their own hustle and grind and be able to keep moving. Yeah, that's true. It's like working out of struggle. Like, like working about, to get out of struggle. I think me and Osman actually had a talk about this a while ago. It was like, if if you were rich, so say we're all, so say so say we all had money, right? We have kids. How much money would you give your kids when they turn eighteen? What, did we talk about that? Yeah, I remember at the time. Oh, I said, man, I'm not giving my kids nothing. I was like, I'm donating all my money to the poor. But I mean, of course, you know. That's changed, you know, with the Islamic ruling and stuff like that. You know, I'm obviously I'm going to leave behind money for my children, my family members. And on top of that, yes, inshallah, to donate money to the poor after I'm dead and while I'm living. Yeah. Like, think about it. If you were if you were a millionaire, right, how much money would you leave your kids to be able to get to the point in their life where they could start their own business, do what they have to do to make it? past maybe even surpass where you were maybe make it to the same level you were and they could see how you worked hard your whole life and they can maybe pass that on to their kids and then keep it going that the when i when i originally asked y'all the question this was the answer i was really looking for i was like dude we're not just gonna die anyway dude we're not gonna, i don't even think muslim like a muslim in real if you really think about it logically we don't even die we just wake up in the grave answer the questions Boom, paradise. Well, I mean, boom, hellfire. Like she said, like we taste death. We don't. We, do, yeah, we, we, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't sit there in death. We're not just dead forever. You know, we die for a second, and the next thing you know, we're in the next. We're in the so next we're world. Just, we're, like when we're working here, our work is beneficial. Our work can be seen as act of worship to God. Our work, like, like, especially like what he said, taking care of your mother, taking yeah, care of your kids. Act of worship. That is, Acts of worship to Allah, and Allah loves to see that. Of course, you know, when you're doing it, when you're doing it for his, his like, sake. Obviously, like, even if you look at it logically, it's better than the person who's lazy. He's not taking care of his mother. 
Look, the thinks that he needs to increase desire for himself. Yeah. I need to be the one that's happy. I need to always be the one that's happy. Because I'm going to die soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only harm in that comes with believing in the hereafter is the fact that you could be on the wrong side of that. You could go to the hellfire. But when you believe in the hereafter and you believe in the reward that comes with it, and you, you, you know that you're trying to chase to do good and your heart is in a good place, like you're trying to do your best, then what, what bad can befall you on that? Even if you go through something hard, you understand what, what, like, what's going on here. You understand, okay, Allah is putting me through this. You understand that, okay, if I die now, then you know, I'm dying at a point where hopefully Allah is satisfied with me. Because you know as a Muslim, if we die, if we die at, uh, on, as, a, as a Muslim, we died in a state where Allah said, okay, they would be Muslim if they were to live for eternity, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So if, we, if, if I die, like, I, we need to be in a point where I say, okay, shoot, if I die right here, then inshallah, you know, I die in a, in a way that Allah is satisfied with me. He has forgiven my sins and now he is satisfied mm -hmm. enough with me to go to the hereafter and earn the reward of that paradise. That also means if you haven't died yet, there's still like, you think about it as like, think about it like this. You still have all the time in the world. If you haven't died yet, you still have all the time in the world. Yeah, you have all the to, time in the world to get right, but you also right. have all the time in the world to fall off. Mm -hmm. So you have to be steadfast. It's a, it's a constant battle. Yeah, it's a constant, constant battle every single day. Death is just the end to like that constant. Yeah, it's, it's like this, this whole episode was just a reminder for, for people to start pondering. People start reflecting on their, their actions, you know, reflecting on what could happen day in and day out. You know, what, you're, like, what you do on a daily basis and how that could reflect you on. Like the day that you die, reflect on you inside the grave. You know, the sins that you commit, you know, there are sins that you commit here that you will be punished for in the grave, not just in the hellfire. So you need to start being knowledgeable about that. You need to start pondering about that. You need to start being conscious of that. The fact that, you know, Allah is watching you. you everybody has a set date of death. Even the moon and the sun, they have a set date for the time that they will Even cease the, the to universe, uh, exist. The universe will die. Yeah, you are, bro, like, it will come a time where Allah will crush the universe up into like a ball and he will crush it in his hand. It says, it says this in the Quran, same thing. It says that the sun and the moon, they are in their own orbit swimming, swimming, but until a fixed point in time. Only Allah knows this. And you think us as humans, we're any different? Such a small no, creation. We're so small compared to, like, Such look, a small creation. How many, how many, how many earths fit into the sun? Like one point something billion or trillion, I think it was. And on top of that, on top of the sun, you know, you got all those other planets, you got the universe and then other galaxies and whatever Still expanding it may be. Life. Like, it's way too much. And the other heavens on top of that, we're just here in the first heaven. Imagine. Right, we're off topic. <laughs> Destroy our desires. That's it. Sorry to say. End it off. Dude, who are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, for real. Who this guy think is? <laughs> Take off that hoodie. They're trash anyway. All right, but anyway, um, yeah, this episode, you know, it was it was an episode that like it took a little while for us to actually get through to because we wanted to do it in a way that we'd be able to remind you, but at the same time, not to try to scare you. We're not trying to scare nobody because everybody needs to like make peace with this fact. You know, disconnect yourself from the desires of this world. Like, stop thinking about what's in this world and start thinking what's after. Start thinking about more. Start thinking about something bigger than yourself bigger than what you just want right and um yeah it's uh it's been well, say one more thing bro. go ahead brother to me what i've realized is everyone's gonna make a mistake in their life it's just and and you may you may feel like you hit a mistake and you hit rock bottom but it's how you gonna come back from that are you gonna keep working or are you just gonna quit right then and there and not and just like not continue to think about i like, think about this 
you you do something, you mess up, and you're at rock bottom. How are you going to bounce back from that and keep moving and keep moving and just think about how, really also think about how everything's going to end. If you really think about it, you you can keep moving and you can, like you guys have been saying, you can go to the, how you guys believe the paradise and everything, or are you going to help? Be depressed and yeah. be a loser and go worse from there. You know, it's, always, it's only... Worse from there for them. Continue to turn away when things get hard. Are you going to continue yeah, to turn away? Like, or are you going to turn back? It's like if like, I'm going to if I'm going to fail one time, but I'm still alive, I'm not going to die a failure. I'm going to die successful. I'm going to yeah. keep trying. Um, the, the worst part about it is it gets worse and worse for them. Like you know, they they like they hit rock bottom, and then from rock bottom, there's more. There's more <laughs> to it. Way below rock bottom. <laughs> below rock. Go above. Yeah. You can keep. You can work your mm. way back up to and start. Mm. There's just no things bomb. to think about. All right, but that's going to conclude today's episode. You know, may Allah guide you to Islam. May Allah guide me. May Allah guide us. May Allah guide all of us. May Allah guide all the viewers. You know, to remind you guys, we're not scholars. We're just students of knowledge. We speak from experience. We're open from correction. Not only do we speak from experience, we speak from the knowledge that we already know. And, yeah, with that being said, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You guys go ahead. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Go ahead. What? You know how to you know how to say <laughs> I don't even I don't know how to end it, bro. Say salamu alaikum. Salamu alaikum. <laughs> All right. You know, I uh, appreciate y'all for taking this Dean tour with us, man. Uh, that concludes this episode. You know, salamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.